0: You are listening to the Phenom World Football Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the World Football Podcast on Phenom Media. I'm Kurt. I'm joined by Ethan. And, you know, we were talking about this pre-pod. We were like, you know, this sole week of world football or soccer, whatever you guys want to call it, wasn't ultimately the most, I guess, exciting, but what we got planned out for the future, you know, with boxing day coming off with the league starting to be a lot more interesting, it's going to be a lot more in, like intriguing as we go on with the season. Um, and I think that we talked about this, but this episode going to kind of be more of a idea or discussion base, as opposed to mainly talking about these games or matches that we talked about. So As I just said that, we'll get into our first topic, which is Tottenham. And while I guess we could say that, you know, we're focusing on a game because they did lose to Leicester 2-0 and they did, you know, they haven't really been playing incredible that lately. You know, we go back to however, however many days ago when they were in first place in the league. I mean, they were cruising. We all were very skeptical of the hire of Jose Mourinho. We were all like, you know, it didn't really make sense. Um, Pochettino leaving, I think a lot of people disagree with that. And at first, it seemed like the really good move, and it still does seem like a pretty good move. But, you know, over the last couple of games, we've seen this, And it hasn't really been something where like we haven't seen it from Mourinho in the past. I mean, he starts off really strong with his club and then ultimately he doesn't play well on the back end of his managerial season with them. And then ultimately leads to his downfall with the club. So could we be seeing that with Tottenham? I mean, I know it's his realistically his first full season with the team and You know, it is a little too early to be making that assumption, but two losses, and they weren't even playing that well, and I'm completely going blank, but who else have they lost to besides the Leicester game? It was um, Liverpool Liverpool. on the 2-1. And and ultimately, they didn't even play that bad, but everyone going into that game knew what they were planning on doing, and it was after that 1-1, you know, Liverpool struck first. um, Tottenham and the Spurs answered really quick, And then the whole game plan of Mourinho was, we're just going to park the bus and go for a draw. And, you know, everyone was very critic, like was criticizing this style of play. They're like, hey, if you want to be the front runners, you're going to have to make, you know, you're going to have to push for that win. You can't just rely back and just accept a tie. Who does that when you're in first place? But it's what happened. You can agree or disagree, but that's always what Mourinho is going to do, especially going against teams like Liverpool. But anyway, to go back to the original question, what do you think of this Tottenham team? Do you think these two games are just kind of a fluke or do you really think that we could be kind of seeing the downfall of this team for the season?
2: Yeah. Well, I think if you, if you're a Tottenham fan, you're not, you're not freaking out quite yet. It's certainly disappointing to see four points in your last five games, a draw to a crystal palace team, you know, however talented they are is a team that that Tottenham should be beating, but I don't think you're in panic mode quite yet. Um, these this is like the the grinded out period of the season. You have games every three to four days. And I think we were bound to see one of the top four teams slip up. And it was Taunton this time. Um, but, you know, plenty of games still left in the season. They seemingly just like all of a sudden just disappeared from the top four over the span of like two seconds. Like all of a sudden you check the table. It's like, wow, they're down six. Um, but the more you look into it, the less dire it becomes. Um, I Let me pull up the exact numbers here. But. I mean they're only 2 points back of Leicester in second place so it's really not the end of the world but I do think that you do have to be cautious um going forward I I do agree that if you're Pochettino, or not Pochettino sorry if you're Jose Mourinho and you're you're in those situations where like it's one, you're 1-1 against the best team in the league like you have to be going for that goal if you consider yourself a championship contender and I do think that Mourinho considers his team a championship contender so it puzzles me as to why he wouldn't continue the game plan as it was because it was working. They were playing very well, uh, and they, they did a good job of generating offensive chances. So I do think that there needs to be a bit of thinking from the coaching staff, from the players of, of what their goals are going forward, and you know what they need to do if they really want to fight for this championship
1: i agree and i guess i just want to point out there he doesn't mean the efl championship he means the uh
2: that is great championship
1: we obviously knew what you meant but i just wanted to clarify because you know um people out there could be confused and the thing is with jose Mourinho is it's like he says after the game we were obviously the better the better team and look i i think people are obviously like, how are you the better team? When you look at the stats, you look at the shots on goal, you look at everything from the game. And it's like, obviously Liverpool was the better team. But for the first 30 minutes, it was a debate. of Like, it was a debate. You didn't really know who was the better team. Both teams were playing fantastic. And, you know, that's why I really am confused by the whole Jose Mourinho situation, because I, I just feel like he has those moments where he's, one of the best managers in the world, but then he makes decisions like that, and you question his status with the club and his managerial success as a whole. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. Um, But we talked about how they they, um, lost to Liverpool because of a last, I guess, minute header. But we'll talk about Liverpool now because Liverpool, you know – We kind of thought they were going to be the repeat champions, but some injuries, especially in the back line early in the season, kind of questioned that, especially from Virgil van Dyke, And now they're in a position where they seem to be the heavy favorite. I know we just talked about this, but Tottenham, we're kind of in that first place role, but it's now back to being Liverpool. Liverpool have been fantastic over the last couple of games. I know we saw that with their seven, nothing win over the weekend. I mean, it was a total domination, And we saw that from them beating Tottenham, what we just talked about. I know we just talked about how, you know, Tottenham, if they wanted to be the best of the best, they should have gone for that goal. And it was obvious that, you know, Liverpool wanted to score that last goal and they ultimately did. And it seemed like in that game, they were the better team and they deserved to win that game. So to you, is the easy favorite going to be Liverpool? And are they going to be back-to-back champions?
2: I mean, yeah, at this point in the season, they're they're certainly heating up. I think at the beginning of the season, for every team, it was just a really weird way to start this. You know, you start the season late, no fans in the stands, especially for a team like Liverpool, which I think, as Jurgen Klopp has, has said many times before, like they play off that energy a lot more than, than other teams in, in the Premier League, I'd say. Um, but they've really just seemed to hit their stride, as you said, complete domination over the weekend. Um, seven, nothing. I mean, just stuff you're you're you expect of a team with the quality of Liverpool. I think Mo Salah has has proven why he's you know one of the one of the best, if not the best. We don't need to get into that conversation right now, but certainly a, just an elite elite player. Maybe
1: we'll have that conversation in the future.
2: May we certainly, <laughs> and I think his name will continue to be brought up, especially if he ke- keeps scoring at this clip and and creating chances at this clip. But yeah, uh, as of now. Uh, there's a 5 They're four points ahead of Leicester um, scoring goals. You know, they're the highest scoring team in the league, uh, boasting one of the best defensive records. Um, yeah. I just, they've got to lose somewhere. And I just don't know where that comes from. I think United have played well at times this season. Other times, you know, they look like they're just not committed. I think Leicester has certainly played well, but um I just don't know if there's a team that's going to be able to, to mount a charge. I know this is this winter period is generally where the league is won and lost. And I think Liverpool have started off this, this, you know, period of game after game, after game um, seemingly in these next month, month and a half um, on the strong foot. And certainly looks like they'll try to continue to, to carry that momentum uh, momentum, um, all the way into the summer. And uh, hopefully they will be lifting the trophy.
1: Exactly, and Jurgen Klopp, what he does year in and year out with his Liverpool squad has just been fantastic. And I think they're the favorites. I mean, you can – I know, we, like, we just said who's going to beat them, and I think the one answer that people would have said two weeks ago is Tottenham. But now that that's already transpired, they they can beat Tottenham, and they can beat really realistically any team. I mean, you're going to have a game where, like, they're going to slip up, but for the most part, they're going to be winning those games where they should win. So to me, they're the, they're going to win the league again. I mean, they're the best team and who knows when they get a fully healthy backline, how dominant they could have been and will be. So yeah, it's interesting, but you know, we talked about last and how they are only four points behind a Liverpool. Maybe they can make a run. And where that starts is on Boxing Day against Manchester United and what is probably one of the biggest games of their season so far. So it's at 7.30. We just talked about Manchester United. Leicester – I know we talked about this pre-pod, and I'll say it for the listeners at home. It's basically a must-win for both of these teams because Manchester United – they're in that little bit of a situation where yeah they can be good yeah they can be bad let's see how they are against a very dominant team in Leicester and if you're Leicester you're in second place if you really want to make a stamp on this league and you want to prove to people you belong in the top six year in and year out you have to win games like this and it's gonna be an amazing game I'm very excited so who do you have winning what are some predictions you have for this game
2: um, I, for one, think that this is going to be the best game of the weekend, not just because of how important it is, but like the quality that these two teams bring. Um, I think Leicester has been f- nothing short of fantastic this year. I really do think that they're a club that doesn't have the funding of the Manchester Uniteds and the Liverpools, but they really have shown, especially, you know, that that 1516 campaign was was magical. And ever since then, they've proven that maybe they do belong. Maybe that wasn't just a fluke. Um, super strong start to their, their 2020 campaign, um, lose, losing to Everton, uh, a week ago was, was a pretty big blow for them, I think, but they rebounded super well with a a pretty dominant, uh, two 0 victory against Tottenham. So, um, I think they'll, they'll certainly have a lot in the tank for United this weekend and for United coming off a a six, two win, um, against Leeds, uh, really decent performance for them. Again, both teams kind of riding the momentum of their previous games. I think we're going to see a, a high-scoring affair. But in the end, um, I have Leicester winning this. I, I think that they're just a quality team. I don't think United's really shown enough to convince me quite yet that they're you know, going to be the favorites in, in games like these. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see, certainly a game that could go either way. Um, United are open. like, United are such
1: a wild card. And I feel like it's not even just this year. It's just years in the past. Like, mm-hmm. obviously if you want to go back 10 years ago, United were on top of everything. And they were fantastic. But like has recently, they'll be playing like the most amazing football. And then like, they'll play terrible. Yeah. So I have no idea what we're going to get on boxing day. I'm going to go with Leicester too. two. Um, I could see a draw happening, but who likes mm-hmm. a draw? Who no, predicts no a one. draw? No one does. Yeah. Um, but I will say Manchester United, um, with their 2 0 win over Everton, I think it was, I don't know how long ago it was. Um, obviously that wasn't in the Premier League, that was in mm-hmm. the uh, Carabao Cup. But just to mention, like late scoring from them, and obviously Cavani, what he can show kind of in those late game situations, what he's brought, obviously happened in the, um, year earlier against Southampton and we've seen other times where he's been dominant in the in the back end of the game maybe we'll get that against Leicester maybe he's they you know focal point of that team so should be a good game i'm excited to and i think it will be the definitely the best yeah. game of the weekend um, i know some other notable games from the weekend are Southampton and Fulham you know And then there's a couple others. Let me just double-check super quick. I already knew the Southampton one off the top of my head because that's my team. Um, But I'll double-check what other games we got. Aston Villa and Crystal Palace. Arsenal and Chelsea. City and Newcastle and Sheffield and Everton. So, good games. I know we talked about how Boxing Day and this little stretch of the Premier League is a lot of fun. So, I'm excited for it. And we'll make sure that on next week's podcast we talk about it all. But to move on kind of from the Premier League, we'll talk about... A, you know, a topic that not a lot of you would think we would, but I think it's very interesting. It's the CONCACAF Champions League. You know, you're probably like, you know, sorry, Phenom World Football Podcast, but who really cares about that? And to be fair, I didn't really care about it either. But I do want to bring this up because it was very interesting. So in the LAFC game versus Club America, I kind of was tuning in on it because, you know, I was had nothing better to do. I was like, let's just watch some soccer. Um, LAFC, I was rooting for just because they're based in America no really other reason. And I like them. I mean, but that's, that's besides the point. The point is an incident happened and it was, I believe it was club America's goalkeeper. Um, basically just shoves LAFCs, one of LAFCs players. I can't get the exact naming. Cause like I said, who really cares about club America, blah, blah, blah or any of, not Club America solely, but the CONCACAF Champions League. And it was not a very hard push whatsoever. It was not one to deserve a red card whatsoever, but the ref reached his pocket and pulled out a red card. And you, for obvious reasons, could expect that Club America was very upset with the decision, but nothing could be overturned because there was no VAR. You saw the backlash on Twitter. You saw... How is CONCACAF in a situation where it's one of the only leagues in the world where they're not putting um, VAR in use? I mean, this is a prime example of when it'd be handy. And we've seen other times throughout the tournament where close decisions, you know, maybe you turn to VAR in that aspect. Um, Ultimately, LAFC won that game. And I know that, you know, people were also talking about it on Twitter. I think another like mini fight broke out, which is a hectic game. You know, from a fan aspect, I was fascinated as hell. I mean, it was super fun to watch. Um, but other than that, um, I just wanted to bring that up because VAR has been something that has been very controversial from the moment it was began, obviously, with Sepp Blatter, who was the FIFA president, he was like, nope, I hate VR, it's not going to be in use. And then, obviously, what he did with FIFA was crazy, and he's now gone, and now the new FIFA man, uh, president is like, yuck, we're going to bring VAR And it's been used basically in every league around the world and it was used in the World Cup. So it's basically a part of the game now, but it wasn't part of the game there. And at first I was like on the board of, I'm not a fan of VAR, but you kind of go into what just happened that I'd want to talk about with LAFC. And you're like, wow, maybe it should, you know, be there. Maybe it's needed in this game. And you go back even You know, 10 years ago when England scores that goal with Frank Lampard and, you know, VR is not there to overturn it. You took away a huge goal for England. It was a turning point in that tournament. So I just want to say, what did you think about the whole game? I know I just said that me and you were not like heavily invested in it Mm -hmm. to the point where we can like get strict analysts on it. But what were your kind of reactions from what you do know? And what do you think about VAR? And do you think it should have been used in that game?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, with VIR, so often we hear like the negatives of it, and for a good reason. I think that you know it does get a bad rap, but I think when implemented properly, it's incredibly useful. Um, but this example of ConcaCap, just I think trying to be like as uncontroversial as pop as, as possible, which kind of backfired completely from what I saw of the incident, um, you know corner kick, goalie player go up for it, goalie ends up on the ground. And then the referee's immediate reaction is to to hand out a red card. And I think that's something that you see pretty often is that whenever you see a goalie on the ground, there's always a VAR check or there's always a, some type of action taken. But I think it's, it's pretty obvious that had that gone to VAR, that call would have been overturned. And that's, you know, that's not like, A small decision like that when you're a man down for this happened in the first half too so you're a man down for the majority of the game like that's a huge turning point that like should never have happened so when you look at it that way I think you can kind of see like the merit of VAR in kind of ensuring that decisions like that don't get made and that the course of of play like continues and isn't interrupted by a call that shouldn't have happened in the first place i agree it's just a whole weird situation vr has always
1: been super controversial and of course like in a time now we were like oh it can't really be that controversial it finds its way to be on headlines and it finds its ways to be you know obviously talked about in world football or soccer as a whole not really much i the to say about that but it was just very interesting to see um the game was crazy and like you wouldn't expect a game like that to be crazy but every soccer like analyst i follow on twitter were like tweet tweet tweeting about it so i just wanted to bring it up to you guys okay. um but the last topic we want to talk about is Timothy Weah and so for all you soccer or american soccer fans to be specific he's been balling i mean he in his two starts this season he scored in both games and basically he is what was the stat he scored three goals and one assist over the past like five matches or something, something incredible like that. And obviously the past 16 months, I've been not good for him whatsoever, dealing with not good, really club form, not really good injury history. So Timothy way has always been someone that I loved. And I think that he like, it was such an unfortunate situation where he's been dealing with those things I just discussed, but to see him do well and to see his team at the top of the, um, of the league, It's incredible. And you have to appreciate him and you have to appreciate the manager for, you know, seeing his potential and seeing how good he can be. And when giving him the start, he delivers and he produces. And that's exciting to see, because if he's continuing this run of form, he'll be a huge part of that team. It's not even like they're a bad team. They're obviously in first place in the league right now. So he's getting quality minutes. He's getting quality opportunities for this team. And you can't be anything more than excited for the kid.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, to me in a way, it was always one of I mean, obviously still young. Um, but he, you know, last year, as you said, past eighteen months have not exactly been kind to of him. Um, he was at PSG, just I don't think he really found his rhythm there. Dealing with injuries is always tough, especially for a young player where like the most important thing for your development is to get as much game time as possible. And if you're sitting on the bench with, with injuries, you know, every every month or so, then it's not going to be good for your development, but he's really hit his stride here recently, uh, over in Lille. Um, and it's so obvious that he has so much potential. He's this big physical striker, just like this, this big figure. That's so noticeable. And I think, yeah, as you said, he's going to be really important for them, um, in their legal campaign if they want to stay at the top, of course, PSG always favored to win that league, but as of now, it's, it's not pinning out that way. And then, uh, on the international stage, I think he's going to be a huge asset to uh, to Greg Berhalter uh, and the men's national team. Um, yet another example of, of American talent playing in Europe and really just balling, like honestly, just scoring goals left or right, averaging a goal every 60 minutes uh, in Liga. So the uh, sky's the limit for him if he stays healthy. Yeah, and
1: I want to say, because you just brought it up, the amount of talent that the U.S. men's national team has right now is insane and that's why I beg that Greg Berhalter and the USSF do not mess this up and that in 2022 and 2026 we're not just playing well we're competing for the World Cup because I think the sky and the potential for this team is incredible but like you said Timothy Weah he's been a baller and I hope that he's not known because of George Weah's you know because of George Weah but he's known because of Timothy Weah and because of what he has done on this world football stage, but that's gonna be
2: it. Uh, is there anything else you want to add on with this whole podcast? Uh, I don't think so. I uh, happy holidays. Enjoy, however you're celebrating. If that's sitting in front of the TV and watching Premier League games for five hours, that's you know, that's that's kind of where it's at. I wish that's everyone... how we
1: are gonna celebrate. That's, We're yes, gonna be watching on Boxing Day. I'm glued to the TV. Oh but goodness. yeah, happy holidays to you guys, and thank you guys for listening to. The World Football Podcast on Phenom Media. We'll catch you guys later. Kurt and Ethan are out. Signing off.